This is a Monty Moment. I'm Johnny Montebato. As we get you ready for the first college football Saturday in November, and the first one since the initial college football playoff rankings were revealed on Halloween night, and as we take a look at them, you do have you did have Ohio State number one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Florida State four, and and Washington five. So those were the the five undefeated Power Five schools, all one through five. And remember. These are the first, and they're always going to be different than the AP poll. But you know, when you when you put on what the committee bases these these rankings on, then they got the top four and five for that matter correct in the right order with the five undefeated Power Five teams heading into the first ranking. You know, the biggest question going into Tuesday night was how the committee would choose to separate them, and clearly, strength of schedule played a big role. The Buckeyes do have a much stronger schedule to date than Georgia. They have two top 15 victories over Penn State and Notre Dame. Georgia does not have a top 25 victory and a strength of schedule that ranks number 100. And the Bulldogs have only beaten two FBS teams with a winning record. And Michigan has played an even weaker schedule than Georgia, ranking number 111. Now, those metrics are going to change here over the coming weeks because you have teams hitting the hardest part of their respective schedules. You've got Georgia playing number 12, Missouri, coming up this Saturday. They've also still got Old Miss and Tennessee over the next three weeks. Michigan still has to play Penn State and, obviously, Ohio State at the end of the year. And so these rankings are going to change. That's why, you know, the initial ones I think everybody overreacts to, and understandably so. But they're always they're always going to change. And at the end of the day, I think they get them all correct. And I actually think when you look at those top five, I think they are right because Ohio State – you know, they've had question marks at quarterback, but their offense has been getting better. They have some of the – they have, obviously, Henderson running back. They've got Marvin Harrison Jr. who's going to probably be the top receiver taken in the draft next year at wide receiver. You know, their defense has been very, very good. Their quarterback play has been questionable, but it's been getting better. And so I think you have that. And Michigan's got to got to, got to play somebody. That's the thing. You know, they haven't played anybody this year. I know they've been dominant, but sometimes, you know, when you don't play anybody, it, you have question marks for them. And Georgia, I think, is finally starting to hit their stride. The biggest question that's going to be with them is, you know, can they get Brock Bowers back? But even with him out, they had a very convincing win last week, too. And it looks like they're finally starting to hit form as well. I thought there was one interesting note that I also took from the selection show on ESPN on Tuesday is that Boo Corrigan, the CFP chair, did mention when discussing the Michigan sign stealing scandal that, quote, we really view it as an NCAA issue and not a college football playoff issue. At this point in time, when we're looking at it, we want to find the top four teams. So even the situation with Michigan does not look like it's going to affect them come college football playoff time. So they're still in it. Obviously that story has been continuing to develop day after day after day. We continue to read more about it, but you know, a situation like that is going to take time to investigate. And remember though, Michigan's already under investigation for a, a, a few other instances as well, but I don't think it now, as, as you learn, as we learned the other night that it's going to affect them come college football time. It's going to just, Playoff time, it's just going to matter what they do on the field. But you look at some of these other numbers real quick. So Florida State and Washington, who are 4-5 and five in the first initial rankings, the Huskies have the better victory over number 6 Oregon. They have struggled over the past two weeks against losing teams. They had to come back late against Arizona State and Stanford. They have major matchups coming up on their schedule too, especially when compared to Florida State. And, you know, the Huskies have USC. They've got Utah, Oregon State still coming up. As far as the Seminoles, they only have one top 25 victory on the season, and that's over LSU, playing a league that has only one other ranked team right now in Louisville. 
and Florida State and Louisville do not play each other in the regular season. So that means that the Seminoles are not going to have a ranked team remaining on their schedule. And Texas and Alabama 7-8, big reason why. Longhorns defeated Bama earlier in the season in the head-to-head win. So that's what they're looking on there. So what I also take out of this initial ranking is that this is not going to be the same starting next season when the college football playoff expands to 12 teams. So I'm going to try and enjoy it here. And again, these are going to change over the course of the next several weeks. Because again, like we've been mentioning constantly throughout here on the Monty Moment, it is not only you winning, it's how you win and who you play. And you're going to start entering a very challenging test here. And I tell you what, I look at this week upcoming and, you know, there are so many good games happening this week that we couldn't just pick three. Now, originally, I was going to have Brody Sobera on with me to discuss this. Unfortunately, his connection is not working, so we're going to have to ride this solo. But you can check Brody's stuff out at etbpodcast.com for his, for his picks on these games. But I got to tell you, I'm going with a seven-pack this week. I know, call me crazy, but that's what we're going to do because it's such a great week, of, uh, a great Saturday slate of games here. Now, last week, we went one and two against the spread. So that puts us at 18, 13, and one here for the season. But with these seven picks, this could be a make or break for the season. But heck, you know what? Let's do it because it's that kind of week. And let's start right at the top here at noon Eastern. A couple of good ones to kick off your Saturday. We got a big one here in the Big 12, 23rd ranked Kansas State. Now, these rankings that I'm going to tell you about, these are the college football playoff rankings. These are not the AP top 25 numbers which are different, but where you were the rankings that I'm going to use are from the CFP playoff. So you've got 23rd ranked Kansas state taking on the seventh ranked Texas Longhorns and Texas is a four and a half point favorite. Look, the Longhorns, they should be favored at home and they're getting extra love because they're the sexier team. But I got to tell you, while Kansas state doesn't have all the household names or the reputation, they've got a top 20 offense and a top 20 scoring defense in the country. And they're facing a, a Longhorns quarterback and Malik Murphy, who's making just the second start as Quinn Ewers is still dealing with that shoulder injury and he's still out. And what if the Wildcats, let's just say, for instance, jump out to an early lead in this one and force Murphy to play catch-up football? Yes, he played every snap against BYU, but this is a physical Wildcats team that he's got to face. It's going to be a different story. Kansas, Kansas State's been tripped up twice on the road this season. But they're one of the more balanced teams in college football. So I'll tell you what, I don't know. They I can still see Texas winning this, but I think I think the Wildcats keep it inside this number. And the four-and-a-half-point lines are always a tough one to digest and, and pick in these ones. But in this instance, I feel like this is a field goal game. So give me the Wildcats plus the four-and-a-half here in game one on Saturday. Game two, also a 12 noon Eastern kickoff. 15th-ranked Notre Dame taking on Clemson. And first off, a Notre Dame-Clemson game at noon is definitely different. This more often than not would be a primetime game, but I think this speaks volumes to how far that Clemson has fallen. I mean, a loss Saturday is going to drop them under 500. Davo Sweeney is going after, going after Tyler in, Spart- in Spartanburg on his coach's radio show. It is not pretty over there in Greenville. And honestly, unless this Notre Dame offense doesn't have any energy after scoring almost 100 points over the last two weeks combined, it's hard to see how the Tigers win this one. Kate Klubnick's made some poor decisions late in games previously, and he may not even have his running back, Will Shipley, alongside him this weekend, getting, getting over a concussion. And he's been their most, he's been most of Clemson's offense this year, and the Irish run defense is dominant. Their secondary is just as good. The pass rush has also earned some respect this season. And Clemson's offense just has not performed this year. 
the Irish have the better quarterback in Sam Hartman and one of the best running backs in the league there in Audric Estime with touch with 12 touchdowns. Now, Clemson could play solid run defense, which may which is going to force Sam Hartman to throw it out a little bit more in this game, but Clemson's not going to win this game in the trenches. So give me the Irish minus the three here in Greenville in game two. Game three, SEC matchup here, 12th-ranked Missouri taking on the second-ranked Georgia. I know Georgia laying a big 15 points in this one, but I have no problem laying the 15 with Georgia. They looked at lead against Florida last week. The question you have with them is can they string together back-to-back great performances for the first time this year? I think they can. Yes, Missouri's coming off their bye week, but this Georgia offense is going to be too much for the Tigers to tame here. The Bulldogs are tough to beat at home. The offensive front's going to great job of protecting quarterback Carson Beck. He's been able to distribute the ball to an array of playmakers. Brock Bowers will not be missed in this one. Give me the Bulldogs minus the 15 in game three. Also, mid, a mid-afternoon kickoff, 3.30. How about ninth-ranked Oklahoma taking on 22nd-ranked Oklahoma State? The Always a great rivalry matchup. The Sooners clearly the most the more talented team, but each of their last three games have come down to the wire, and that includes a loss last week to Kansas that knocked them out of the discussion for a top-four spot in the playoff. The Cowboys have the offense to give the Sooners trouble, and while the defense gives up a ton of yards, they play a bend-but-don't-break style. This is also, as I said, is a rivalry game, which – I, I, when this happens, I like dogs, especially at home. This is going to be a fun one. Give me the Cowboys, maybe not to win, but to cover the six points in this Bedlam game in game number four. This is a game not ranked, but a cool Sunbelt matchup here in game five. James Madison and Georgia State. Now, these are two high-performing Sunbelt opponents that are going to clash. James Madison is undefeated 8-0. Georgia State is 6-2. and if you've been following all along this year, James Madison was ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll. And they're one of the few remaining teams in college this year that in FBS play that is undefeated. And while they are number 23rd in the AP poll, they're ineligible for a postseason play because this is the second year that they are in the NCAA transition period from FCS to FBS. And since the CFP rankings are solely to determine postseason assignments for two playoff games and four marquee bowls the dukes are ineligible to be ranked in the cfp but nevertheless i mean this is this is this to me if you watch this game you watch how james madison's been playing this year they're the better team in this matchup i'm going with them in this in this class to remain undefeated they have a one-two running back tandem in the backfield that has over 180 combined carries they have eight total touchdowns but really also the emphasis for the Dukes is their passing attack. They have five players with at least two touchdowns and 160 receiving yards. Georgia State is just not, not stout on defense against the run or the pass. They rely on What they rely on is their offense to outscore opponents. You can't do that against this, this Dukes defense. Give me James Madison minus the five and a half in this cool Sunbelt clash in this one. Big Pac-12 game at night. Fifth-ranked Washington laying three at 20th-ranked USC. You know, it's been a long time coming since USC's produced 60 high-quality minutes. But here's the fun one in this matchup. Washington's not playing well either. You know, they, they're trending downward since their, their clash against Oregon a couple of weeks back. They slip-walked through Arizona State. They struggled with Stanford. They, they were able to get wins, but they didn't look pretty in, in either of those. And the Trojans, they haven't earned any trust either. But the reason why I'm, gonna get, I'm giving them a chance in this one is – 
they're getting Washington at a good time because they're fading at the wrong time for the Huskies. Give me the give me the Trojans my, uh, getting three at home in what will probably be a high – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. In fact, if you, I, if you looked at the over-under, this is one of the highest over-unders that I can remember ever seeing. Neither team plays a lick of defense. It's really – their defense is – their offense is their best defense. And in this one, I'm still going to trust Caleb Williams also with an offensive line that's struggling. You, you're going up against a, a Washington defense that struggles to get to the quarterback. I think that helps Caleb Williams in that situation. I go with USC. So give me the Trojans plus the three at home Saturday night. And then the big SEC one at night at, at a quarter to eight. You've got 14th-ranked LSU, the Tigers, taking on 8th-ranked Alabama. The, the Tide, a three-point favorite at Brian Denny. This game, to me, is all about timing. If this game, say, was at the time that Texas went to, to Bama, then I would go with the LSU. And the 2023 version of the Tigers are very good, but it proves not to be in that elite category to me. You know, it failed to contain the two best offenses it faced, which was Florida State, which put up 45 in week one. Old Miss scored 55 against them in late September. And even the Missouri Tigers netted 39, even though they lost to LSU. Meanwhile, Alabama defensively, definitely playing well. They've not allowed more than 21 points in a win. It helped Texas, even in the, in the game they lost to Texas, they held them to 13 points in three quarters before the big fourth quarter barrage there in week two. Yeah, the more quarter, the more trustworthy quarterback in this matchup would be with LSU, with Daniels. But to me, the tied are the more trustworthy defensive unit. And defense is going to be a difference in this game, which could be decided by one or two stops. Give me the, give me the tied minus the three and keep their playoff hopes alive down there at Brian Denny Stadium. So the seven-pack of games to start in November. I'm taking the Wildcats getting four and a half. I'm taking the Irish laying three. I'm taking Georgia minus 15. Oklahoma State getting six. James Madison minus five and a half. USC plus the three. And Alabama minus the three at home in what should be a great Saturday slate from beginning to end. You wake up real early in the morning. You start your day with college game day. And you end up with two thrilling battle of ranked opponents that are going to be very critical in the college football playoff discussion. And again, when we're here next week, the rankings will probably change. We'll see how that is. We'll see who makes a move. And again, how these teams play, that's also going to be a a critical factor here. But, you know, it's November. we got a month left, folks. And then we got conference championships. And then we've got bowl season. And then, you know, it's the end of the year. And you've got, you know, your college football playoff semifinals and then the championship. It is literally, we've got, just over two months left in the season when you when you think about it. One regular season month, one bowl month. I got to tell you, I, I don't ever remember it going by this quick. But that's what makes college football the, the best because of the structure. It's like 13 Saturdays a year that it happens. Every week means something. It'll still be like that going forward, but I don't think there's going to be as much drama with the 12-team playoff. But we'll give it a try here next year. But enjoy the great Saturday and make sure you get that take advantage of the extra hour of sleep on Sunday because you'll need it because then you got a full 14-hour football Sunday as well. So it should be a great one. And we'll, of course, we'll react to it all coming up next week. For more, like us on Facebook and Twitter at Game on ETB. You can follow me on Twitter at Montalbano and why also check us out on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ETB network, where if you like our Monty moments and all of our content, please leave us a like. If you're new, hit that subscribe button as we inch closer to 600 subscribers. Of course, hit that notification bell. So you know when all of our content is become is going to come out. 
You can also check us out at etbpodcast.com. You can get great blog posts and check out all of our shows on the podcast network there. You can get great, as I said, great blog posts. You can get them from Brody. You can get them from all of our guys on the NFL, on fantasy, and so much more. And, of course, if you cannot watch us, make sure you can check us out on the go by downloading and, and, and listening to us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have a great football weekend, everybody. I will catch you again next week. This has been a Monty Moment, and I'm Johnny Montalbano.